Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is December the 25th of the year 2022. Yes, it is the day that has been chosen for Christians around the world to acknowledge the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, I said last week that we really don't know when Jesus was born. There is no biblical documentation that the scholars and uh, including myself can research and find out. I know there is some speculation that it uh, could have been in the month of December around the 25th or between the 24th and the 25th. But we have, uh, trust me, we have no confirmation of that. But with that said, we will be exploring another, uh, let's say, hero of faith in the Bible. But this time I'm going to do something special. We will be exploring two heroes of faith, or shall I say three heroes of faith in the New Testament, as it relates to the birth of John the baptizer, the one who prepared the way for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And of course, Mary and her husband Joseph. So is that four? Is that four heroes of faith? Absolutely. So we will be exploring the birth of John the baptizer and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So with that said, let's get this truth on the road. Saints, I will be using I will be using the Christian Standard Bible, Saints. The Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. Now while you guys look, I tell you, I I hope the weather is pretty good where you guys are because it is freezing here in Louisiana. We are in the teens and we are not used to that. Now I can deal with it, but for those of you who, who don't know, I had a stroke last year and yes, uh, to God be all the glory. I recovered from it fully. And since that stroke, however, I be cold all the time. Yes, I am cold. So I used to love winter. That used to be my favorite season. But now since I'm cold, even in the in the summer. So uh, in the winter time, you know, now I'm extra cold. So I'm walking around <laughs> with a robe on and a blanket. And I have the, the heat set to 72 because I don't want it too warm in here. Saints, I want you to go to Luke chapter one, the gospel according to Luke. Spell. According to Luke. And for those of you who have the ability to pause the tape, you can pause it while you look. And when you find it, you can press play and we will be in the same 
place. So with that said, let me begin reading at verse 5. Not verse 1, at verse 5. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Verse 6, both were righteous in God's sight, meaning they were loyal. They were people of faith. And Zechariah was a priest uh, from the Levitical priesthood. Uh, Let me read verse six again. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame, according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord, which was following the laws of Moses. But they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive. In your version, it may say she was barren. And both of them were well along in years, meaning they were old. Now, my research uh, says that they were possibly between the ages of 80 and 85. So, yes, they were old uh, if if we want to consider the age that people are typically having kids. What, between the ages of 15? Oh, yeah, to date, some younger and and 20 and 30 and 40s. But um, it's kind of of unheard of if if someone is having a child over the age of 60 today some over the age of 50 but in that time it was unheard of elizabeth and zechariah were up in age uh let's continue verse 8 when his division was on duty and he was serving as priest before god it happened that he was chosen by lot meaning they cast lots according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. It was his turn according to the lots that were cast. Verse 10, at the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, He was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will name him John. Verse 14, there will be joy and delight for you and many will rejoice at his birth. Verse 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Verse 16, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Verse 17, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord, a prepared people. Now, saints, before we move on, I want to uh, clarify some things. When it says that your prayer has been answered, it's obvious that Zechariah and Elizabeth had prayed to have a child. We don't know when they prayed. I doubt if he prayed to have a son up in age, in the age of, um, 80. But finally, the Lord heard his prayer. 
Now, when the Bible says that, um, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. This is verse 15 and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. What this is talking about is John the Baptist was going to be a proselyte. Now, those were people who whose life was 100 percent devoted to the Lord in the Old Testament. They didn't touch anything unclean. They did not drink. And you definitely could not be an alcoholic, of course. And could not be a drunkard, of course, but your life was completely devoted to the Lord and they really didn't shave. They uh, their beards grew long. So their son was definitely a special son. But I want you to pay pay attention to what we are reading. John the Baptist is not Holy Ghost born. When I say that he was not born of the spirit of God. He is born from the seed of his father, Zechariah, which is a human being. And so he was not the son of God. He was born so that he can pave the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, let me read verse 17 again. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now, Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament who didn't die. God took him straight from earth into heaven. So he never saw death. Remember Elijah and he was walking with his protege, Elisha or either Elisha and God took him. Yes, God took him. Elijah was very powerful. He was a mighty prophet, but he was human. Yes, he was. He was human. But the Bible says here, according to the angel Gabriel in verse 17, that he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord, a prepared people. Verse 18. How can I know this? Zechariah asks the angel for I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Now this is why I said that Zechariah was in the temple he was praying, but not about having a son. So we know that that had to be previous prayers, uh, probably prior years. And see, we never know when God is going to answer our prayers. I want to bring that to, to your attention right now. Uh, just because he don't come when you want him doesn't mean he didn't hear your prayer and doesn't mean that he's not going to answer it. But as you can see, the way uh, Zachariah's response is telling us he wasn't praying for that right then and there. He was praying for the people. He says in verse 18, how can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel, for I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Now, this right here tells us that Zechariah was not praying at that time for him and his wife to have a son or a child, because if that were the case, he would not say in verse 18, how can I know this? You know, for I am an old man and my wife is well along in years or your version may say in age. Verse 19 says the angel answered him. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now, this right here, it, it, it bears sharing as it relates to prayer and faith. 
because you know the old saying that God may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Because if God didn't answer his prayer in prior years, it didn't mean that he wasn't going to answer. God knew when he wanted to uh, give Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth a son or a child. He knew the right time and God knew for beforehand that he was choosing Zechariah and Elizabeth to bear a child to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Not a Lord, but the Lord. Now let's continue. Let me um, repeat verse 19 again before we continue. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Verse 20. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Now, this appears to be very harsh, but I want you to understand the position that Zechariah held. He was a priest. He had no business not having faith when the angel Gabriel told him that he stands in the presence of God. And the message that that uh, Gabriel was delivering to Zechariah was directly from God. OK, because God spoke to prophets. He didn't speak to the priest. And for some reason. Zechariah challenged it for for whatever reason, but. Because of this, verse 20 says, now, listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Now, verse 21. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. Verse 22. When he did come out, he could not speak to them. Then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary, probably because of the expression on his face. And the reason they were waiting for him to come out to speak, because that was the custom. He would come out and speak to the assembly um, regarding the things of God and what he prayed about and the message he may have received. Uh, then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. Verse 23, when the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. Verse 24, after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, then verse 25, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. Now, this is her talking, not God. Remember, God did not speak through through Zechariah. He did not speak through Elizabeth. He did not speak through the priest, especially uh, in the, the New Testament. He didn't speak through priests in the Old Testament either. He spoke through his prophets. Now, uh, saints to save time. I'm not going to to name the name the number of the scripture that I'm I'm reading, because if you are following along, you see why I am. So I don't have to say verse 24, verse 25, you know, a verse 26. Um, but I'm going to pick up uh, in verse 26 and I'm just going to read through. OK, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. 
to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. This is the first time the name of the Messiah was given in the entire Bible. The first time the name of the Messiah was spoken through the angel Gabriel was to his mother to be Mary. His name was not mentioned in the Old Testament, although the coming of the Messiah was prophesied, but his name was only mentioned in the New Testament when the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary. Now I'm going to uh, name the, the number of verse I'm going to verse 32 so we can be on the same page. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And we're talking about the son of the most high God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, why I'm often asked this. Why is David often called? Um, well, Jesus often called the son of David because he is born from the household of David, from the lineage of David, because that's where Joseph and Mary come from. They are both from the tribe of Judah. So was David. And God promised David that his kingdom would ha will have no end. So this is why Christ is referred to as the son of David, because he was born from David's household. OK, verse 33, he will reign over the house of Jacob, which is the house of Israel forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? Your version may be worded differently. Now, I guess some of you are going to wonder how on earth did Gabriel deal with with Mary, who didn't believe what he said, as opposed to Zechariah. Number one, I mentioned it before. Zechariah was a priest. Mary was just a woman, a regular woman. She was a virgin. Nice young lady, but she comes from the lineage, the household of King David. And the angel Gabriel, verse 35, replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, it I read it in verse 35. Why? Gabriel, I mean, he had no reason to punish Mary for not believing him because Mary had a legitimate question. Mary said... That how can this be since I have never had sexual relations with a man? Of course, anybody with sense would ask that question. Well, how can I have a baby if I, I, I never had sex with anybody? And the angel Gabriel let her know that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit planted his seed. God, the, the Most High God. Hallelujah. My Lord. My Lord. He planted his seed inside of Mary. He didn't have to have intercourse because with God, all things are possible. Now let's continue. Verse 36 and consider your 
relative Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. Now, my study shows some say Elizabeth may have been Mary's aunt. I, I don't know, but um, maybe she was Mary's cousin or aunt, but that's how they were related. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And right here, Gabriel is trying to encourage Mary's faith, uh, reminding her about her cousin or aunt Elizabeth, how she is pregnant in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who has called, who was called childless or either barren may be in your, your version. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38, and that's the last time I am going to name the number of a verse that I reach. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. So Mary received what the angel said and did not dispute it. My God, my God. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in Elizabeth's stomach leaped inside of her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit right here. It was John the Baptist, her baby that was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women. And your child will be blessed. This is Elizabeth talking to Mary and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, though, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. Hallelujah. Verse 46. Now this is Mary talking. This is Mary speaking. God is not speaking through Mary. He never did. Verse 46 says, and Mary said, my soul praises the greatness of the Lord. Mary is praising and worshiping God. And my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Mary acknowledged that she is just a humble servant of the Lord. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, this is Mary saying, and this is her speculating. She's saying, surely from now on, all the generations will call me blessed. So she is the blessed Mary. Or I can tell you this, she was definitely called the blessed Mary back then. But because she says from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's why it's said today in the Catholic Church. Now, Mary should only be spoken of when we are talking about who Jesus's mother was and how he came to fruition. Yes, how he came to be. How did God send his son to earth? Who did he use as a surrogate to carry his son? Of course, that woman is blessed. She is chosen among women, not above them. You will not find in one version of the Bible, especially the original Greek text, 
where it says maybe uh, that that Mary was blessed above women. It says she was chosen and favored among them. God just chose Mary among a bunch of women. You know, Mary was not the only virgin that was walking around at that time. Now, verse 49, because the mighty one has done great things for me and his name is holy. She is continuing to praise God, the most high God, Jehovah. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. That is who his mercy is for. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly, such as Mary and Elizabeth. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her about three months, stayed with who? Her cousin Elizabeth for about three months. Then she returned to her home. Now, the birth and the naming of John, we are going to read. Verse 57, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she had a son. Then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her his great mercy. Because remember, she stayed inside the entire time she was pregnant because of her age, I'm assuming, because of her age, and, and, and people would have been in awe that she was pregnant at such an old age. So this is why verse 58 says, then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had showed her his great mercy and they rejoiced with her. They didn't talk about her. They didn't gossip about her. They rejoiced with her. She had a baby with her husband. It doesn't matter that she was in her eighties or in a, a, an older age, but her and her husband finally had a baby. When they came to circumcise the child on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zachariah after his father. But his mother responded, no, he will be called John. Now, right here, I want you to see the faith of Elizabeth and Zachariah. Although Zachariah couldn't speak, <laughs> his mouth had been shut up because he didn't believe what the angel Gabriel was telling him. And because that message was directly from God. But. It was custom back in those days for the Jews to, after a son was born on the eighth day, to circumcise him and name him. And typically the son was named after his father or a relative or let's say uh, someone in the lineage of his father. But this was strange when um, Elizabeth said, no, he will be called John. But remember. An angel of the Lord told Zechariah and Elizabeth what to name their child. And Elizabeth did what the angel said. That's a faith that surpasses all understanding. You think that'll happen today? I don't think so. Verse 61 says, then they said to her, none of your relatives has this name. So they motioned to his father to find out what he wanted him to be called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. 
Zechariah didn't have nothing left else to say. He said his name is John and that's all to it. And they were all amazed. Verse 64 says immediately his mouth, whose mouth? Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. Fear came on all of those who lived around them. And all these things were being talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard about him took it to heart, saying, What then will this child become? For indeed the Lord's hand was with him. As you can see, Zechariah and Elizabeth stuck to what Gabriel told them would happen. They understood that their child, their son was special. He was not Holy Ghost born. He was not the son of God. He was the seed of his father, Zechariah. But they knew he was born on a mission to pave the way for the coming of the Messiah. And they believed the angel Gabriel. Remember, they both were up in age. We're talking about a faith that surpasses all understanding. Now, Zechariah, because he was a priest, the the angel Gabriel was a little harsh on him and you better believe he had confirmation from God that he can do it. He didn't harm him, but he shut his mouth. He shut his mouth. How dare you being a priest of the most high God, not believe what the angel Gabriel was telling him and it was coming directly from God. Now, no doubt Zechariah knew exactly who the angel Gabriel was. Uh, he was afraid. Okay. The angel Gabriel, uh, look, he overlooked that because he just appeared to him in the temple and he told him who he was and Zachariah being a priest. No, every now and then God sent his angel to talk to them, but for him to question the message that the angel had was the reason why the angel Gabriel shut up his mouth and he was unable to speak until the birth of his son. And I'm sure I mentioned this already. The custom when a male child was born to a Jew, we're not talking about Gentiles on the eighth day, he was to be circumcised and named. And traditionally that son was named after his father or someone within the father lineage. But in this case, John had a separate name. Yes. And um, I don't know if I mentioned this or not. Uh, it bears uh, mentioning. Zechariah was from the Levitical priesthood. Yeah, it, the Levitical priesthood came from Aaron, Moses's brother. Now, let's pick up. And every now and then I will call out a number of a verse so that we can uh, be on the same page. So now I am, am reading verse 68. Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. Verse 69 says he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our fathers and remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham. He has given us the privilege since we have been rescued from the hand of our enemies to serve him without fear 
in holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days. That was the end of uh, verse 75. I just wanted to pause right here when verse 74 says, since we have been rescued from the hand of our enemies. For those who don't know, Israel wasn't just enslaved and kept in, in bondage by Egypt. That was the first nation who enslaved them. But it was seven, if I'm not mistaken, uh, between six and eight nations that had uh, enslaved the nation of Israel. Now, Israel was a very rich nation because of God. Their land was um, very wealthy because of their agriculture. They were very wealthy. But the reason why God allowed them to be held captive by other nations is because Israel kept turning their backs on God. That's why. Like, um, oh, today, it, I'm not saying Israel is turning their backs on the living God now, Jehovah or Yahweh. But what I am saying uh, today, a lot of people claiming that they know Jesus. But Jesus said it himself. A tree is known by its fruit. No bad tree can bear good fruit and no good tree can bear bad fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. So you have people today claiming to be Christians. And remember, Christianity is not about people. It's about Jesus and what he did on the cross. But you have people who is claiming to be Christians and living worldly. And the Bible is clear. If you love the world, the love of the father is not in you. And let me tell you something. It's a shame that I, I can say this without any contradiction. I don't know one true and living Christian. I, I'm sorry. I don't. If you look at what comes out of their mouth, if you look at their lifestyles and they most of them think they'll say because they show up to a congregation on Sundays and they have no clue who and, and what Jesus is and what he is about. They don't have a relationship with God. They are very weak in faith. And let me tell you, I don't want to digress too much, but the way you can tell a true Christian is by their faith. Uh-huh. It's by their faith. When trouble comes or trial or tribulation comes, they will not budge. Their faith will not move because they know what the end result will be. And that is we have the victory in Christ. I don't care how bad the situation looks. A true Christian walks by faith and not by sight. And this is what we just read about Zechariah, his wife, Elizabeth, and their relative Mary. They had a faith that surpasses all understanding based on an angel appearing to them and telling them that the message that he is delivering is from the most high God. And this is what was going to happen with their babies. And in Mary's case, the baby in her stomach. Now you think about that faith that Mary had. The baby in your stomach is going to be the child of the most high God. And Mary believed it. Yes, she did. And I want you to think about this. If Mary at that time had not believed and received in her heart what that angel told her, Jesus would not have been born through the Virgin Mary. Not that Mary. Maybe it would have been somebody named Susan <laughs> or somebody named Anna, <laughs> but it would not have been Mary. She received what the angel Gabriel told her by faith. Verse 76 says, and you, 
child will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. We are talking about John the baptizer, Elizabeth and Zachariah's son to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. That was the purpose and the mission and the message from John the baptizer. Verse 78 says, because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Verse 80, the final verse in chapter one says, the child grew up talking about John the baptizer and became spiritually strong. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. My God, my God, my God, a faith that surpasses all understanding. Now, using elegant Greek, Luke begins his narrative about the about the events of, of Jesus's life and and ministry with a formal preface. I did not read verses one through four for um, this reason. I knew I was going to explain it in the end. This was a common practice in historical works of Luke's era. Now, Luke talks about from verses one through four, uh, when he mentions that many have undertaken to compile a narrative, he was talking about the number of people who had previously written about the life and the works of Jesus. Now, this may include the Gospels of Mark and, and Matthew, since they preceded Luke's writings. And when Luke mentions events fulfilled among us, he speaks of how Jesus fulfilled many Old Testament prophecies. Yes. So, saints, we are going to move on to chapter two and talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think I was torn between the versions that I wanted to read from. I think I am going to switch and read from the Amplified Bible. And as I told you guys before, maybe during another episode, but not this one, is the reason why I share which version of the Bible I'm reading from, because you may have a different Bible. As a matter of fact, I'm quite sure you, you are probably reading from another version, but it really, it really doesn't matter because in the end, we will be in the same place. Now, I may mention the number of verse that I am reading from, but for the sake of time, I will start off reading from verse one and read through. And as I give commentary or explanations or clarification throughout um, this episode, so that we can be on the same page, meaning the same scripture, I may call out the number. Okay, is that a deal? All right, verse 1 of Luke chapter 2. Now in those days, a decree went out from the emperor, Caesar Augustus. Now Augustus, it means exalted, you know, a, a title approved by the Roman Senate in, back in 27 B.C., and it was the Roman Caesar from 31 BC to AD 14. Now this decree that the whole empire should be registered 
was a census for the purpose of taxation and military service. I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, let me start over. Now, in those days, a decree went out from the emperor, Caesar Augustus, that all the inhabited world, meaning the Roman Empire, should be registered in a census. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to register for the census, each to his own city. So Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David. In order to register with Mary, who was betrothed to him, meaning engaged to him, and was with child. Verse 6. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. This is how Jesus ended up being born in Bethlehem because they went there to register. Uh, verse 6 again, I'm sorry. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her son, her firstborn. Now right here where it says firstborn tells you that Mary, Mary had other children. Yes, she did. And they were not a uh, virgin born. Her and her husband Joseph, after the birth of Jesus, her firstborn, they consummated their marriage. And Mary had at least six other children. Jesus had about maybe five to seven siblings. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no private room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord flashed and shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. You notice that people are very frightened when an angel presents themselves to them. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For this day in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, there has been born for you a savior. Not Buddha, not the Dalai Lama. I want y'all to get this now. Not Mohammed. It says, for this day in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the anointed one. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you by which you will recognize him. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. You can read about the prophecy of this in 1 Samuel 2.34, 2 Kings 19.29, and Isaiah 7.14. Verse 13, then suddenly there appeared with, an, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, angelic army, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Verse 15, 
When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying one to another, let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were astounded and wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, giving careful thought to them and pondering them in her heart. Now, right here, I just thought I'd share his, this because of uh, my research. When Luke, uh, for those of you who don't know, Luke also wrote the book of Acts. When Luke wrote the gospel according to Luke, he interviewed people. Luke was one of the apostles that did not walk with Jesus or seen him. Luke did a very extensive research and interviewed a lot of people regarding the birth of Christ, including his mother, Mary. Now, who would know more than Mary, how she became pregnant with the baby of God? Other than Mary, Mary knows best. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Verse 21, at the end of eight days, when he was to be circumcised, talking about baby Jesus, he was named Jesus. Remember I told you as it relates to John the baptizer, after a male is born, eight days he is circumcised, he is also named on the eighth day. So he was named Jesus on the day that he was circumcised. The name given to him by the angel Gabriel before he was conceived in the womb. Remember, Gabriel presented himself to Mary and told him, told Mary the name that she should call her son. And when the time for their purification came, that is the mother's purification and the baby's dedication, according to the law of, of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, set apart as the firstborn. Now you can read about dedication and purification in, in Leviticus chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Now let's pick up at verse 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy, set apart and dedicated to the Lord. That's also written in Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And chapter 12, also in Numbers chapter 8, beginning at verse 17, verse 24. And they came also to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord to be appropriate for a family of modest means, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. That's also written in Leviticus 12, 6 and 8 or 6 through 8. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and this man was righteous and devout, carefully observing the divine law and looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. 
verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Prompt by the Spirit, he came into the temple enclosure. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him the custom required by the law, Simon took him, him who Jesus, into his arms and blessed and praised and thanked God and said, and I want you to pay close attention to verse 28. He thanked God, not Mary. He thanked God and said, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to leave this world in peace. Simon was going to die, but God promised him that he would not die before he saw his salvation. Now he sees the Lord's salvation, not Mary. He sees Jesus. Verse 29 again. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to leave this world in peace. According to your word, Lord. For my eyes have seen your salvation. This is also prophesied by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 52 verse 10. Verse 31, which you have prepared in the presence of all people. Now all people leaves any out. All people. Verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. To disclose what was previously unknown. And to bring the praise and honor and glory of your people, Israel. That's also prophesied in Isaiah 42, verse 6 and chapter 49, verse 6. Verse 33. And his legal father and his mother were amazed at what was said about him. His legal father is Joseph. Jesus' biological father is God. Joseph is his legal father. Okay. And verse 34, Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, listen carefully. This child is appointed and destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is to be opposed. This was prophesied in Isaiah 8, 14 and 15. Now, what did Simon mean when he said this child is appointed and destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel? Because some was going to believe that he was the Messiah, the Savior, and their king. And some was not going to believe, which was going to cause a great division. Okay, in verse 35, and a sword of deep sorrow will pierce through your own soul so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Right here is talking about Mary. Her heart would be in deep sorrow when she see her son being persecuted and crucified on that cross. Verse 36, there was a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Ashner. Now, this is the only time in scripture and in definitely the New Testament. He wasn't mentioned in the Old Testament. Now, um that Fanuel is mentioned in the entire Bible. Now the tribe of Asher is one of the 12 tribes of Israel. She was very old and had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage. Uh, you can read about that in Joshua 19, 24. Mm -hmm. Verse 37. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she did not leave the area of the temple but was serving and worshiping night and day with fastings and prayers. 
She too came up at the very moment and began praising and giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all who were looking for the redemption and deliverance of Jerusalem. Anna was a female prophet, which are known as prophetess. She spoke to all, including men, and prophesied. She was foretelling what had been foretold by the prophets of old about the coming of the Redeemer and the deliverance for Jerusalem and Israel, of course, verse 39. And when they had done everything in connection with Jesus's birth, according to the law of the Lord, they went back to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Verse 40, and the child continued to grow and become strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace, favor, spiritual blessing of God was upon him. You can also read about the spiritual blessings of God being upon his, his anointed uh, in Judges 13, 24. Verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the Passover feast. You can read about the Passover feast in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 16 verses 1 through 8 and Exodus chapter 23 verse 15. Now verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, talking about Jesus, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning to, to Nazareth, after spending the required number of days at the feast, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem. Now his parents did not know this, but supposed him to be in the caravan because it was a bunch of Jews that went and traveled a day's journey. A day's journey is three days. And then they began searching anxiously for him among their relatives and acquaintances. Verse 45, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem for him, looking for him everywhere. Three days later, they found him in the court of the temple, sitting among the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were amazed by his intelligence and his understanding and his answers, his understanding of scripture. You know why? Because he wrote them. That's why the burning bush, when Moses was given the laws to give to the children of Israel, it was Jesus who gave him the laws to give to the children of Israel. Now, of course, he had to be born of a human being so that he can put on flesh and identify with us. That is the only way that we could identify with Christ is with our flesh and his flesh and then connect with him spiritually when we are born again. Now, that's for uh a Christian who is seasoned. Okay, you got to be it deep in the spirit to understand what I just said. And verse 47 again, all who heard him were amazed by his intelligence and his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were overwhelmed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been greatly distressed and anxiously looking for you. And he answered, this is the very first time Jesus spoke in the Bible. The Lord Jesus, he was 12 years old when he said his first words and he was answering his earthly mother, Mary. He said, why did, why did you have to look for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? 
Your virgin may say, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Now, Mary, of course, that was her son. She know how he was, how she became impregnated with him. But did she forget what the angel told her that he was going to be responsible for? Of course, because she was human. Remember, Mary was not divine in any way, shape or form and is not to be worshipped. And she is not a mediator between us and Jesus and definitely not a mediator between us and God because the Bible is clear. It says there's one God and one mediator between man and God and that is the man Christ Jesus. The physical man Christ Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. Verse 50, but they did not understand what he had said to them. Of course they didn't. Verse 51, he went down to Nazareth with them and was continually submissive and obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. That's how she was able to share them with Luke. Verse 52, the final verse of chapter two. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name. I thank you, Lord, Heavenly Father, for your son, Jesus. For without him, none of us would be saved today who believe on him. I trust your word and your word never returns to you void. I thank you, Lord, in your precious son, Jesus' name. Now, saints, that is the end of this. Now, let's give a short recap. Now, we read about how the apostle John was born he was born by the seed and egg of his father, Zechariah, and his mother, Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Mary's cousin or either aunt, my um, research shows. And John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother, Elizabeth's womb when he heard the voice of Mary. Because he knew that Mary was carrying the Savior of the world. The baby leaped for joy in his mother's womb. Now, we also know that Gabriel, the same angel that spoke to Elizabeth to tell her about her pregnancy and her husband having a baby in their old age, also appeared to Mary and told her that she was going to be pregnant and the baby in her stomach was going to be from God. He was not going to be from her earthly fiance at the time, Joseph. Mary wanted to know how on earth was she going to be pregnant? Your version may say, I, I don't know a man, which means she had never had sexual relations with a man. She was a virgin. Now, the reason Mary was chosen is because she, because she is from the household of David, her and Joseph both. Mary wasn't chosen because she was special. She wasn't chosen above women. She was chosen among them because she was from the household of David and Jesus, because God promised David that the eternal king would be from his household. And that eternal king is Jesus. So saints, today, I hope you enjoy this day with your family. I know Christmas has been commercialized by the world. It's all about making money. It has nothing to do with Jesus. On the surface, it is a holiday chosen by man um, and for Christians throughout the world 
to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we do not know when Jesus was born. We don't, we don't even know if it was in December. And if anyone tells you they do, um, they are, uh, they are misspeaking. Let me say that. I don't think they mean home. Cause let me tell you something out of all the pagan holidays, the one that I would acknowledge is Christmas because it's supposed to be associated with Jesus, but it has nothing to do with Santa Claus and reindeers. That was also created for non-believers, people who don't believe in Jesus so that they can get in on the spending as well. So don't fall prey to the things of the world. I love the Lord and I honor and worship him every day. I thank him every day. My God. Yes, I do. I thank him for his son, Jesus. God will always be God. Jesus will always be Lord and the Holy Spirit will always be the truth. The Holy Spirit is who reveals truth to us when it searches our hearts to see if we are really seeking truth. And for those of you who don't know the risen Savior, if your heart is right and you ask God to reveal Jesus to you, all you have to do is go to Romans 10 and 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is as simple as that. And then you can find a faith-based teaching ministry and tell them you have accepted Christ. You believe that he is the son of God. He is alive right now, seated at God's right hand, and you wish to be baptized in water. Being baptized in water, it identifies you with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You are not saved by water baptism, but you can identify with his death and his burial and his resurrection. So saints, I love you. Stay safe. Stay warm. It is freezing in Louisiana. It is 33 degrees right now. The windshield is 26 where I am. So we are not used to this type of cold, but it has been um, this cold before, but years ago. So saints, with that said, I will see you next week. We will close out the late great apostle. Dr. Frederick Casey Price Sr., his epic, epic series that he taught for 19 and a half months on race, religion, and racism. It is the very final episode where he talks about the contribution of black people to this world. So until next time, saints, peace out. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in 
and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. <laughs>